0: on comics and I am one of the people who's on it, S.E. Fleenor. I am the other person
1: who is on it. My name is Sarah Century. You might have heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> who are your favorite pets from comics and pop culture? A tribute to Ace the Wonder Dog. So, Ace the Wonder Dog that's a good spot to start.
0: Yes. My doggo Ace recently died, and we miss him. He's a very good doggy. He loved the podcast. He loved Sarah and Kate, so he was often present for the podcast, and he would, like, stand outside the door and wait for us. He's a very sweet dog, mm-hmm. and I miss him very much. And so I was like, I want to do something for him. So I was like, let's talk about our favorite pets from comics. But I also want to honor, like, your cats mean everything to you. I'm obsessed. If you follow me on social media, you understand
1: that my entire world revolves around what my cats are doing in the moments oh, that I am so in cute. their vicinity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have the cutest cats. Mm-hmm. I got to meet both of them. They're so different. And Shaka's so small.
1: Yeah, Shaka is a very tiny cat with a terrible large attitude problem, oh which God. is great and <laughs> very, very similar to her mother. <laughs> In some ways. Also, she kind of looks like me a little bit. I don't know. We both have long noses. We have the same expressions because we always are looking at people like, what is wrong with you? That's
0: kind of our natural face of resting what is wrong with you face. When I picture you and your cats, I picture the picture where you said, never talk to me or my cats again. (laughs) Or me and my daughters again. It was (laughs) Nibs being super cute with her head poking
1: out and my glaring face behind
0: her. Oh, Nibs. Nibs is a real special little kitty. Mm-hmm.
1: Nibs was hurt by people in her life, and then she got taken in by the Dumb Friends League, and she has respiratory issues and things like that, but she is the happiest cat in the world, and she purrs just because you say your name sometimes. <laughs>
0: oh, I think I was like, oh, hi, Nibs. Yes. I am so
1: cute. And you can hear her from three
0: rooms over. She has a very loud purr, and it's very charming. Very endearing. Mm-hmm. And then I have a little doggo who is Ace's brother, Poe. And Poe is just this like weird little shorty who's red and super duper cute. And he like loved Ace with his whole heart and soul. And he would stand underneath Ace. And Ace is like a big black lab slash German shepherd. Cutest thing in the world. We had a painting done of them and it totally looks like they're about to like drop an album, like they're like, (laughs) they look really cool, yeah. Pets are the best. We're so lucky. Love them. I'm So impressed. lucky. So my first one I'm going to start with is, like, the saddest one. The saddest. The saddest, but, like, has a very sweet ending. Mm-hmm. But, like, is hard to read if you loved pets. So it's called We Three, and it is about an arm of the military that does experimentation on some pets to create, like, drones, essentially, but, like, operated by pets that they've made semi-sentient so they can make decisions. And basically the three prototypes is dog, which is one, cat is two, and bunny is three. And their names are Bandit, Tinker, and I don't remember the bunny's name. Cute. Sad just bunny. sweet little baby bunny cutie pie, And it's just like this super sad story. But then at the end, like, they get to have a family. The bunny saves the dog and the cat from another experiment that was made very poorly. And so poor thing could not handle continuing to be on this earth. Um, but then Bandit and Tinker find, like, a person and they become, like, a little family. It's really sweet. So I always love that one because it's such a sad story, and I fucking love sad shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's so sad. I,
1: you know, I'm vegan. (laughs) Reading that comic is extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. You just will weep. There's no avoiding it. You can't do it.
0: It is like a classic story about pets when it comes to comics. Like, oh, it's yeah. one of the ones people think of every time. But then there's, like, you know, Super Cutie Pie Chewy, Captain Marvel's kitty cat slash Flurkin, Who becomes Goose, right? Yeah, in the film is Goose, also Flurkin, a Flurkin, <laughs> Flerken kitty. So cute. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that cat. What a great cat. Yeah, when they did, like, a promo for the movie that was just the cat. Everybody like, was like, oh. Mo- Everyone's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll see I'll this. be there. I'll see it. Oh, is that a timer with the kitty playing with it? Mm-hmm. I'll put that on my phone. <laughs> that, that looks like
1: a good movie to see. I think I'll watch it. <laughs> Jessica Cruz, the Green Lantern in DC, has a lot of cats and a very well-stated affinity for cats. If you watch DC's Superhero Girls, there's ones where she's like holding three cats. Yes,
0: I love looking that. Looking frazzled.
1: So couldn't relate to that more. That's <laughs> pretty strongly relatable for me. Also, Streaky the super cat. Streaky is great because Streaky just goes around thinking mean thoughts about everybody because Mm -hmm. cats are evil, like women or whatever, the the trope that women are like cats. (laughs) So Streaky always has mean things to think and do. And Supergirl (laughs) just is constantly, what are you
0: doing, Streaky?
1: I love it. I I love love Streaky.
0: I love Lying Cat Mm. from Saga. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much the only thing I like about Saga is Lying Cat. Lying Cat, when you lie, says, lying. Mm -hmm. And just constantly is, like, calling people out. People are, like, trying to save their lives by, like, telling a little fib. And Lying Cat's, like, lying. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And it's also a very, very big cat. Yeah. Love Lying Cat.
1: Yeah. And then that scene that is so heartbreaking where the— person is i did like a bad job or something and lion cat goes lying and
0: it's just Aww. like oh no <laughs> oh no oh my god i love you oh <laughs> i don't think i got that far that's adorable it was of so course. brutal
1: i died i it's one that people share all of the time i
0: love that mm-hmm. i love that in Transmetropolitan, right. there's the the cat that has, like, the three faces. Yes. He adopts the kitty, and then, like, the kitty's just, like, around being, like, a cat. Super cute. Like, love a little mutated kitty. Kitty of the future. <laughs> Who has a bad attitude. It's, like, you know,
1: Transmetropolitan is about him being kind of a jerk, <laughs> and the cat is also the same. Exactly. <laughs> Echoes the
0: themes of the, of the uh, comic. Yeah, for sure. Pets do resemble their owners. Isn't that curious I absolutely adore old lace from runaways mm-hmm. both in the comics and in the TV adaptation I love the adaptations old lace yeah like I was glad that like got adapted when CG was really good <laughs> um, because it's really believable in the relationship with arsenic very cute they have that like psychic connection and so uh, I love old lace I love the idea of like a dinosaur being alive today mm. that's pretty pretty cool stuff. What about
1: Kiki's delivery service? Is it Gigi the cat with the bonkers eyes? Do you all know that one? Yeah,
0: but no. (laughs) I love that cat. That cat is so great. I can't leave off Lockheed, Kitty's dragon, who's like kind of a pet and then also kind of like a normal being that just like communicates differently. Yep. Which makes me love Lockheed even more. Lucky does really fun, so cute, so Always. fun, and so, like,
1: it's so perfect because Kitty Pride would have a dragon duh. that is obsessed with her duh. because we're all obsessed with her. Exactly, everybody's obsessed with Kitty Pride in every comic that she's in. So as well, they and we
0: should be. <laughs> Data's cat spot.
1: Spot. Spot is so cute. What a relief the end of generations is whenever Spot comes crawling out of the wall and Data's like, Spot, you made it. And they just embrace. It's like just
0: the gentlest little. Mm -hmm. Spot survived. For horses, I love swift wind Mm -hmm. and like shadow Mm-hmm. You know, Gandalf's horse, those two are super duper cool. Swifton is funny in the reboot because Swiften is like a labor organizer for horses, which is the greatest concept I've ever heard. Yeah. And I adore it.
1: Yeah. Also, Danny Moonstar's horse, Bright Wind.
0: Right, of course.
1: And Aragon, which is the Valkyrie's horse that she mm-hmm. got from the Black Knight because the Black Knight got turned to stone. And she was kind of like, so is anybody going to take care of this horse? <laughs> That's like, it has wings. No, no, I got it. All right, I'll take care. <laughs> and then, whenever Black Knight gets out, he's like, What happened to that horse? And she goes, Oh, yeah, I guess so. So here. But then, by then, Horsey had chosen a new owner. So
0: Black Knight missed out. He had to go get a different horse <laughs>
1: with I wings.
0: It. I love Nibbler from Futurama. Oh, who is yep. like this very intelligent being? Who, because he was left on the planet that was collapsing, his cuteness instinct kicked in, and he just acted like a little baby cutie pie, and so then he wears a diaper <laughs> and like eats canned food and he talks like me 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 and it's adorable, and is also like a very intelligent being who are still, like, adorable, but they eat so much. I love that Nibbler must have, like, a pocket dimension inside Mm -hmm. because, like, eats elephant-sized animals in, like, one bite. Yeah. It is hysterical. It is. And then, of course, I have to shout out Robin Hobb's The Realm of the Elderling Saga, Night Eyes, who is not a pet but is, like, a wolf brother to Fitz chivalry. And it's just, like, the coolest representation of this wolf who's, like, a human. You think you're so smart. You poor thing. Let Mm -hmm. me help you. Let me help you with your problems. And it's so, so sweet. I totally, totally love it. And then, of course, Lion from Steven Universe, Mm -hmm. who literally contains a pocket dimension. This is like a running theme. The flurkin contains a pocket dimension. Nibbler must. Lion (laughs) does. Interesting. Mm. I love
1: Crypto, the Wonder Dog, Super Dog, (laughs) So, Crypto is the best, and in Grant Morrison's New 52 Action Comics run, there's a story that's Christmas time, and Clark, who's lost Crypto, Crypto's been gone for a really long time, so he goes into the phantom zone and finds Crypto. <gasps> oh. oh, my God, the tears. That is another story where you just will die whenever that's you read adorable. it. It's just like a boy and his dog, and it's like, no, a super
0: boy and his dog, Crypto. <laughs> crypto <laughs> I am definitely putting this issue on the reading list for it's this month. It is so
1: good you you'll cry. But it's such a tender the dog does everything for the owner. Like the dog sticks it out and waits for Clark to come back.
0: Oh, I love that. Crypto <laughs> love that. There's also this, this kind of random dog, which is Midnight from the Tick TV show. Oh, yeah. And what I love about Midnight is Midnight is like a super dog kind of making fun of crypto yeah. and all that. And is like not with, I hear not what they're called, the like Freedom Five maybe. They get killed by a supervillain. And Midnight's not there. Midnight is like a black German shepherd and looks a lot like my dog Ace looked like. And we used to like say that Ace was kind of a philosopher and like a, a nihilist, like a bit of a French existentialist, definitely pansexual, <laughs> like not into most people, but was like pretty deep. And Midnight ends up becoming a self-help atheist and says, there is no God, there is only dog. And then like does a book tour and it's just like incredible. And it's so, so funny and sweet. And whenever I see it or like, I, I, you know, sometimes I'll just watch the clips of that from the tick because it reminds me so much of my doggo. And also it's just like a philosophizing dog is what I want most in the world. (laughs) You know, it is so fucking cute. It's so cute. I want to give a shout out to friend of the
1: podcast, Tana Thornox, cat, Mr. Spaghetti Cat, who made us all smile earlier today, shout out, Mr. Spaghetti Cat. We love you, Mr. Spaghetti Cat. <laughs> You're the realist. Oh, Kate, what is the tortie that you live with? The squirrel. The squirrel. Shout out to Kate's cat, the squirrel. <laughs> Shannon slash Kate's cat. Shout out to. Friend <laughs> Podcast. Clickbait the, <laughs> like the Kitten. What a name. Yeah. The person who did the music for the podcast, Gatto, or Katie Taylor, has a cat living in her house named Clickbait the Kitten, who is her roommate's cat. Gatto has Bill the dog. Bill Murray Bill the dog. Bill
0: Murray the dog. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray. This
1: one's for you, Bill Murray. Everybody the loves dog. Bill Murray. I lived with Bill for a while and I love Bill. He's a really good dog. He was so obsessed with the cats that we lived with that it was just so uncomfortable. We would oh, no. walk around and it would just, dude, you need to like stop staring at those cats. It's been <laughs> seven days. Like <laughs> you got to stop. Anyway, he's really cute. Aww. They're all so cute. I love dogs. Pets. Pets are the best. Tell us about your pets. People on the internet.
0: of the week is Constantine, the Hellblazer, written by James the IV and Ming Doyle, art by Riley Rossmo, colored by Ivan Placencia, letters by Tom Napolitano. So this is probably my first favorite comic as someone who read comics. Like mm-hmm. like I, when I had read enough comics to like be someone who read comics, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's a point where you're like every comic is my favorite cuz I've never read comics before. This right. is incredible. Look at Batman. Look at Superman. Oh my <laughs> god, you know? And then it's like, oh okay, now I've read 60 70 comics, like now maybe I, can be I know discerning. what <laughs> Yeah, like maybe I have like a little bit of understanding of like what's happening in this genre. I love the art in this one. It's probably the coolest Constantine. I love the art. I think that the art Totally
1: changes the tone of Constantine. This book, to me, I think for a really long time, Hellblazer lost what was fun about John Constantine. We had a lot of really dark and terrifying stories with him that are really good through the entire original run of Hellblazer. I would not ever disparage those stories because they're really fun to read. Vertigo as an entity I think just turned out some of you know the weirdest comics that
0: most I of us love have ever a lot read. of the old Constantine it's again it's like the it's the reason I love horror you know mm-hmm. horror has this capacity to push us in our minds to a different kind of place where right. like we're kind of afraid Curious, we're titillated, right? Mm-hmm. Like we read horror because we're gross. Yeah, like we're just gross beings. <laughs> and so I really like some of that early stuff, and like some of the early stuff, even when they started to first establish canonically that Constantine's bisexual. Yeah, like some of that stuff is like fucked up. Yeah, and amazing yeah. at the same time. Like where you're like, this is not right, and. Holy shit, that's so fascinating. Yeah, and I
1: think that what was so interesting about this one was that it kind of got him back to ground zero and it allowed him to be all of that fucked up (laughs) part. Like he got to be just as terrible as we know him to be, but also we got to see him be fun and to flirt with people and to actually have a good time, which I think he was really overdue for (laughs) in like a little while. From what I remember chronologically, like I don't quite remember where I read this. I know that it was certainly after I had kind of taken a break from Constantine for a while. His series ended. We had a slew of really depressing stories, you know. Well, I just don't remember exactly where I had read this, but I do remember it just feeling kind of like a breath of fresh air because we get to see a new style of Constantine. We get to see him... As I say, just being a complete screw up, but also doing it in that way that we can sympathize with because there's no bones about it, right? Even from the very beginning, they're just like... This guy is, like, bad. He's terrible at everything. Yes. All of
0: his friends suffer from being anywhere in proximity to him. He's literally haunted by hundreds of ghosts because he has cost that many people their lives at some point in his career in the dark arts. And those
1: are his friends. Like, that's the only people that he ever actually interacts with on a personal level, and they all have great reasons to despise him. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, his friend, what was it, Gary, who was with him forever and who just got completely screwed in yep. this story. It's yep. just another person who has these terrible consequences for interacting with John Constantine. But here he
0: is, ready for love again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think you totally nailed it. It's it's in tone, in literal colors. Everything was so dark with mm-hmm. Constantine. And again, a lot of it's fantastic and exciting and interesting. But this is so tonally different. Yeah. And it still goes to dark places. But the coloring is bright. And even when you go to hell, hell looks like something. You yeah. know, it's like it has dimension to it, and and there are people who are you know there are always people in hell because that's hell. But you know they're come to life in a different way in this run. Mm-hmm. I really, really love the art. You know, Constantine's all long and lanky. Yes, but everybody's kind of like long again, like distorting our perception. Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of Constantine is about that, where it's like oh, you yeah. know about the dark arts and hell and heaven and good and bad. And also, I'm like a limitless being. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what does it mean? Like what? How can you be limitless, Constantine? Like you're just some jackass. Like, and
1: he really is yeah there's no part of this story where you really forget that he's a complete jackass oh yeah, yeah he doesn't forget it he's very aware of it and I really enjoyed what was it he had to come face to face with his terrible choices with Victoria mm-hmm. um, Victoria was one of his exes who yeah. he had
0: just cast off essentially he basically got her hooked on the dark arts and then yeah, like left her like, she, like pushed her aside and was like I got shit to do here's a quick question for you how did you sleep last night Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, there's that quote from her where she says, let me pretend that you were my man more than you turned out to be or yeah. something that was yeah. just like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And it's kind of a parade of exes. and It's yeah. like not great. <laughs> yeah. And Georgina, who had a lot of subtext, I think, with Victoria, I couldn't totally. quite tell what their relationship was. But oh, I always, seemed- in my mind, they were definitely together for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and that like she had kind of like went off with John for a while and then Georgina couldn't be there for her after yeah. that because she couldn't pick up the pieces of John's terrible decisions and the effects that it had on Victoria. So her and John have to team up to (laughs) take care of this situation, help Victoria because now she's just become a complete, you know, undead demon monster.
0: Yeah, like something they've never seen before. Yeah. I think what's cool about that is you see this a lot when like Constantine comes into contact with Sandman or Constantine comes into contact with like Swamp Thing. Like a lot about like the psychic capacity for trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And like how how some people glob onto the darkness in a way that's different than other people. Yeah,
1: I think that that's true. I also think that something that's always really interesting about Constantine is that by his own terribleness, he also shows you what's terrible about you. Ugh, and yes. that's something that he always does to people. People will be like, yeah, you're a complete ass. And he's like, I am. But check this out. You left her too. And like that's what he does with Georgina. And Georgina has every reason to be completely disgusted with this guy. So it's really interesting whenever they team up. And then also he still betrays Georgina and still ends the situation really badly. She says, I'll never forgive you. And he says, neither will I. And that's like their their establishment. (laughs) We'll see you later. Um, And to me, that's something that's interesting because – as much as all of these characters, you know, his interactions with Alec too or Swamp Thing is always just <laughs> him being kind of like, yeah, dude, well, you're a god and like you should have known better. And just because I can come in here and completely throw you off, like I shouldn't be able to do that. So it's always They're like my favorite <laughs> frenemies, I feel like. Oh, yeah, they're really interesting. Yeah. Um, they're It's such a weird matchup and such a good one. But yeah, it's always so interesting to watch the way that he has a tendency of like really bringing people down in a way. Oh God, yeah, um, like that, literally and figuratively. That, like, that should be the name of the story is going down, right? So, but he also does it in this way that makes them have to accept things that they don't love about themselves. I feel like he has no pretenses about who he is.
0: Yeah, like John Constantine is kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. and is aware of the fact that he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, he, and openly
1: lies to his friends again absolutely. and again. Throughout this arc, even just this, like, five,
0: six-issue arc, he, like, betrays people for absolutely no reason. <laughs> like, well, and, you know, he it, what I like about him as a character is I feel like people really get that he has a code, mm-hmm. and his code is just very different. Yeah. His code is, like, stop the darkness at yeah. all costs. Yeah. And and that, that can be children, that can be lovers, that could be— demons he's double-crossing. It could be himself. Like, he sends himself to hell. Yeah. Bunches like, of times. A bunch like, of people times. people know John Constantine in hell. Yeah. Know? Like, A, because he's been there a lot, and B, because he's exercised a bunch of them or killed them. <laughs> and so, you know, he sends himself into that that war zone and— it can be really disconcerting like wow like what a piece of shit and it's like well god but he's so consistent
1: yeah and you meet those characters sometimes Zatanna doesn't show up in this or she there's a cameo of Zatanna but that's it but what's always so funny about her and Constantine is that she's not a bad person at no, all no. and so whenever he tries to force her face to face with her demon she's like i I'm good dude she's like I don't understand how you have such a dark relationship with magic (laughs) like I'm doing fine like check out my cool to card trick I like learned a new card trick (laughs) and he's like god damn it (laughs) you're like the one who got everything good out of this and I'm the one who got everything
0: terrible out of it well Um, I think that is is another piece of it right like mm -hmm. Constantine's also a a survivor of abuse like he's highly abused as a child he grew up in an incredibly homophobic time that shows up a lot throughout the comics where people were getting beat up in bathrooms And and he's getting beat up mm-hmm. people he he's straight passing i guess
1: yeah. but he also is one of those people where if you look at his ben dude kind of pretty boy like et cetera, et cetera, a lot of people back in the 70s
0: certainly would have just kicked his ass for being
1: you and know did, a right like you're, punk, you're you know? absolutely
0: right and i think that what's great about this comic is that that backstory is all there mm-hmm. and, and it comes up in these ways that if you've read all that you're like oh my gosh wow like Do Tinian and Doyle get Constantine? Yes, they They do. They sure do. They they get him, and you know he gets to have a boyfriend, which is very exciting. That's what I was going to say. I love all of. Oh my god, he owns a restaurant, Uh and he's like gorgeous. I know. I showed my
1: brother a picture of him because I was telling my brother's a big John Constantine fan, and I was telling him about this story this morning, and just being like, "This was really good." You know, we have similar likes for this character, so. I was excited to tell him about it. And then I was like, now look at his boyfriend, Oliver. And Preston was just like, that's a bear. Yes, he (laughs) is. He's a daddy. And I'm just like, yeah, Preston, how did you know that? (laughs) I was just like he's so cute, and Preston's just like he is. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, and they're like a really sweet couple. They are, and, you know. You kind of there's this moment where you're like, oh, Constantine, you fell you did love. something right. Like this is great. And Constantine's like, you can't. You know, this is like Constantine's refrain whenever he's like romantic with someone. He's like you can't love me. The darkness is my only love. Like I will hurt
1: you. And Oliver's <laughs> just like smiling he's at like, him. You're <laughs> so cute. <laughs> it's you get so- worked up. <laughs> yeah I know oh my god and that's just he has the biggest arms to just oh my cradle god. Yeah, which is like what Constantine needs it's yeah. exactly what Constantine needs I wish that well we're only talking about the one story yes. arc I will say I wish
0: that that relationship in general had been able to last longer than yes. it did I mean the relationship kind of ends when the run ends Yeah, um, which you know it's unfortunately short lived I think there there could have been more cool stuff to be done there Yeah, but one thing that's been cool is I think that Legends of Tomorrow which now has written and Constantine out of the cast has done a good job with nods, especially in this run. And and in general, I think, despite what I sometimes am like, hmm, Matt Ryan is a great John Constantine. Yeah, Yeah, He just nails it. He does. In John's voice more than anything, Mm -hmm. which is like half of who he is. Like when you read a John Constantine comic, you're like, oh, this is a bloke being a dick. And I get it. I really like the adaptation in Legends. I think it's super fun. They needed
1: like a bisexual flirt to take Sarah's place while Sarah's like (laughs) coupled up. (laughs) Sarah can't flirt with everybody through time anymore, so they like had to bring in John Constantine to do it. And I yeah, think and then Charlie's beautiful. like also doing her part, just you know, just in there, just, <laughs> just catching, picking up the slack.
0: Um, <laughs> so fun.
1: Yeah, I loved this story, and I think it just put Constantine back on the right track pretty much.
0: Yeah. I also, again, going back to the art, I think that this was, again, a piece that the art was distinct. It was one yeah. of the first ones I love where the art was so, like, you know, it's the Tinian Joyle run. And it's not like the previous art we've seen on this book at all. You wouldn't associate this with superhero illustrations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I think gives it a really distinct flavor. The monsters are really good, oh, the demons so are really cool. good. The coloring on them is really 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 incredible Mm -hmm. and i love the way the panels are used because they're not used the typical way we think of them and one thing i am always going to be telling people about is like the reason comics are so incredible is how we have learned to like make variations on this theme yeah we say okay yes this is how panels work here's we create a literacy like here's how you know what comment bubble to read next and this is one where it's like okay yes Okay, 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 and twist. I'm going to twist everything <laughs> that you know about how to read this. And one thing I noticed is while this is available on DC Universe in you know, the way it tracks panels, mm-hmm. it confused it. So yeah. it, it couldn't. It couldn't. It was like oh, it was like mixing up the panels and sort of giving them into in reverse order. So I think if you can get your hands on a physical, copy, I was going to say that too.
1: Uh, not only for that reason, not because it puts things out of order, but because the double page spreads oh, in this so book are gorgeous. And they don't translate very well no. to computer. Cause I just got finished reading this morning. Like I had read this book before in a trade paperback, and then I read it again this morning and I read it on my phone and it just doesn't capture there's so many comics you can read on your phone and it's awesome the convenience level is awesome but sometimes there's books where you just really need to grab the trade
0: paper back and I'd say that this is one of them and I think it's just such a nice you can probably get it from your library I think that's where I've read it from but it's just such a lovely experience of a a comic book especially for a very mainstream character yeah What's up, (laughs) friend
1: that I talk to frequently? How are you? Have you ever considered getting a Patreon? A Patreon to support Bitches on Comics? Other things? Support
0: us on patreon.com slash bitches on comics. You have to type it out. You can't search it on Patreon. Again, it's patreon.com slash bitches on comics. We have many levels of support. You can get extra episodes. You can get episodes that focus on new media like tv and film you can get episodes that focus on providing these intoxicated comics background histories on your favorite heroes on captain marvel deadpool you name it we're going to be exploring our favorite heroes just for our patrons so many also extra
1: extended episodes with so many new reviews of so so many
0: If you join us at the $2 level, you every week will get a review for a new comic that is coming out in the last year. So we're talking about things that you can find and read right now super fun for the five dollar level and higher we provide reading lists so we do based on the month's conversations what are the comics we recommend reading and that's super fun because we tell you where to find it we tell you exactly what issue number to look for we tell you how you can find it in a collected volume we tell you who wrote it we name the letterers we are here for this art craft and we give you a personalized reading list so you get to become a part of the bitches on comics have invasion from planet Wrestletopia written by Ed Kunol and Matt Enton art by David Skade colors by Marissa Louise Yeah this was a pretty fun
1: comic this totally reminds me of watching wrestling in as a the kid, right? 80s like the late 80s pretty much this the whole vibe of it is 100% that
0: everyone talks like wrestlers Yes, they super But do. like in normal situations? Well, uh-huh. I mean, I don't know how normal it is to be invaded from planet WrestleTopia. Right, that is but, an abnormal situation usually. Okay, so they speak like they're wrestlers all of the time. That's mm-hmm. just the way they speak. Yeah. It's pretty entertaining. The sort of premise is that there's this guy who— is wrestling, and he's supposed to get to win the belt, but then his boss decides, no, you don't get the belt. So then he declares himself the greatest wrestler in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, dun, dun, dun. There's another person who is actually the greatest wrestler in the galaxy because he's the head of planet WrestleTopia. Yeah, Yeah, I would
1: just recommend this to anybody who is that era of wrestling fan because I know wrestling's changed a little bit, maybe not so much, But definitely any person who was watching
0: the late 80s matches, I think, would find a home with this one. Absolutely. I think it's definitely not something either you or I would probably seek out. And so we're super glad that the creators reached out to us and shared a copy. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're into, like, wrestling, you want to laugh at white dudes being ridiculous, then I would highly recommend picking it up. And the art's really good, too. Yeah, the art's lovely. (laughs) We're a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women so if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations pop culture in general conventions, cosplay, you name it that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it so <laughs> we can't have it spelled out It is b. Dot t-c-h-e-s-o-n-c-o-m-i-c-s at gmail.com and yeah remember there's no I'm bitch if you'd like to support the podcast you can do so
1: by rating and reviewing us on iTunes Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts I'm Sarah Century and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram still Sarah Century on those
0: I'm Essie Fleenor, and you can learn more about me at seflenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at se underscore Fleenor.
1: Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at
0: earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the Indigenous Peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization.